Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, while I have you here, please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. This is Dmitry Samarov from Chicago, Illinois. And I love listening to Vish Khanna's creative control because whether he's talking to a favorite musician or actor of mine or someone I've never heard of, it's as if he's introducing me to a new friend. And the way things are going, couldn't you use a new friend? Listen now. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. Andy Schaaf is a talented songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, singer, and producer currently based in Toronto, Ontario. Originally from Saskatchewan, Schaaf plays in a band called Fox Warren, but has been releasing critically acclaimed music under his own name since around 2006. On September 24, 2021, the record labels Anti and Arts and Crafts released Schaaf's lovely new album, Wilds, which is a companion piece to his acclaimed 2020 concept record, the Neon Skyline. As such, Andy returned to this show to discuss his recent live dates and some tour bus mechanical failures, the reasons why he quit consuming alcohol during his pandemic downtime and why he may never go back, exercising, health, and musician wellness, loving your demos so much you release an album like Wilds, an update on the records he's working on now, Bruce the Shark and Ashton Kutcher other future plans, and much more. 
a part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control with additional support from Blackbird Music, a well-stocked and wonderful record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and friendly staff who will help help you with every, anything you need, really just anything you need. You can learn more about Blackbird at their website, blackbird.ca. Plus, in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is the 652nd episode of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Andy Schaff with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Getting all wasted, running your own mouth, revealing yourself to be way out of touch. One bad attitude, blaming goodbyes, but playing the victim is getting so tired. The wicked and wild, the wicked and wild, the wicked and wild. Hi, Andy. How's it going? Hi, Vish. It's going well. Nice to uh, you. see you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for... Did you ask how I was? You didn't. Where are your manners? I'll ask later. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting there. <laughs> uh, sorry, I interrupted your, your salutation, and you, you were probably going to be nice and polite and ask how I was, too. And uh, how was, are you doing? Uh, I'm fine. <laughs> it's, not, it's a non-story. I'm relatively fine. Uh, I don't know why I keep doing this to people. Uh, but it's mostly Americans. I'll say, hey, how's it going? And they don't, they're like, good. I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I do that all the time. Yeah. And it's because I'm not interested in other people. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're a sociopath. Everyone knows that. Yeah, no, it's, exactly. it's fine. Uh, where, where in the world are you there? I, I can see you on this uh, interface that you're, it's, there's a lot, there's a ladder and a bicycle. I think some sort of uh, baffler thing. What's going on? Where are you? I'm in my studio. Uh, oh, nice. If you notice, just a big pile of gear in the back. Oh, Like yeah. a literal pile. Nice. That's, uh, yeah, this is my studio, which is where I store all of our touring stuff. And it's a mess. Yeah, it seems like a little bit of a mess, but it's also... Uh, studios can be can be messy. This is in Toronto somewhere, yes? Yep. A garage. I rent like a garage. I see. Now, uh, you say that uh, this is where you store your touring gear. Does that imply you just got back from a tour? Yeah. Well, just got back from like a fly-in one-off show, but got back from a tour about a month ago. Still haven't fully recovered. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot. What, what what was it about uh, that tour that you're still recovering from? You're a seasoned touring artist by this point. Uh, this was was this your first big tour since uh, everything kind of shut down? Yeah, it was the first first shows that we did at all since since lockdown. Recovering in the sense that like I don't think I've ever had that much time off before, and I got so into a routine of recording and working and. Yeah, it really threw me for a loop, having things to do on a schedule and then getting back here and having, I mean, basically just trying to figure out where all the stuff was before. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. As I recall from our previous conversations, like, you like touring, but if you could, you would stay home and record things, make and record things, like, if you could choose. 
Is that wait? Am I mischaracterizing it? I'm sure. I, like I, I let me just again. You like touring. <laughs> you like touring. Like let's not get that twisted. But if you could, you would spend as much time as possible writing songs, recording them. Would you prefer to do that in any way? Yeah, I think I've. Yeah, I've said that a lot. I've said okay. that often. Now that I've had a full year and a half with no option to tour. I like touring a lot more than I thought I did. Yeah, I took it for granted. It's kind of like a... <laughs> I, yeah, I really did take it for granted. Yeah. Yeah. So this tour that we just went on was like... I mean, just being in other places. That's wild. It's wild, is it? Yeah. <laughs> after being <laughs> After being locked down, it felt wild. Were there adventures, misadventures on the road? Uh, things that went awry in any way? Yeah, we had like a a wheel fell off of our bus at one point. A whole wheel, like the tire or the a wheel? Whole wheel, the whole wheel, the whole wheel. Actually, oh my god, that's like yeah. that's. The- I like to. <laughs> I like you know it was a back wheel and nobody really noticed except for the driver. Oh, but and that still can be super dangerous, you know. Was it like a big just bounces big touring bus where there might not be you know most uh, automobiles have four wheels. But sometimes yeah. the trucks and the bigger buses, they'll have, uh, uh, they might have six wheels. They might have two back wheels, you know, two sets of uh, two axles, or two axles at the back and one axle at the front, I think. is I'm, I'm not an auto guy. I hope I'm saying this right, but they've got, <laughs> they got four tires kind of in the back. Did you have four tires at the back or one, uh, or you know what I mean? Do you have two tires at the back <laughs> or four tires at the back? <laughs> there were a lot of, there were a lot of wheels at the back. There were a lot of wheels. So you lose one. Not the end of the world, basically. Yeah, like, you, I've always assumed that there were so many wheels at the back of the bus just so that when you lose one, you can just keep going. But apparently, not. No, you get I think it's fixed. a, yeah, it's like a weight distribution thing. So did this waylay you to be without a wheel? Like, did you miss a show? Did anything bad happen? Uh, what happened was the band stayed in a hotel for like a week and met up with us later and I went and did like three shows solo because of this mishap yeah oh, like it, okay it derailed us for like a week oh my you wouldn't, god you wouldn't think one wheel one wheel when there are so many wheels are we writing a folk song right now I feel like we are it's very close to yeah <laughs> I'm writing <laughs> stuff down <laughs> You're writing stuff down. Will the circle be unbroken? Well, one of them was, and then uh, or something unbroken. I don't even know what the I'm I'm missing I'm messing up the the words. But anyway, well that's sad to hear. Everything else was it tense to be in rooms with people for you or for others uh, on a big tour? Um, you know they everyone's moving around and coming to shows. Yeah, we had like it was everyone had to be vaccinated to come to the shows. Yeah, honestly, it felt very normal to be back like looking out at people in masks was a bit odd some shows were a lot more masked than others but yeah it was weird like the first show back I was very nervous and like like kind of shaky you know that uh where you just can't get a grip surreal I went to an outdoor show here the only thing I've seen oh by the way and we're gonna get into this I believe the last show proper that I ever saw uh, before the pandemic lockdown was you. 
in Edmonton. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a February 2020, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so, probably, yeah. Something like that? I think that's right. Probably the end of February, yeah. I meant to look this up, and I forgot. But, yeah, it was at the Starlight Room, and then you and I had uh, a talk like this one, but uh, we were on... Was it the same bus? We were on your tour bus. Was it the bus we that... We were right beside each other. Oh, not the same bus. No. It's not the same bus. But we were right beside each other uh, as yeah. a pandemic was looming, and you had been moving around, and I put myself at great risk uh, for journalism, uh, I guess. Yeah. And... Uh, no, we were... <laughs> in those times, we were just laughing about the, the pandemic. Like, we were. Like, yeah. coronavirus. <laughs> What's that? And then we'd laugh. Well, it wasn't a pandemic yet. If it was a pandemic, we would have been like, uh, the whole world is embroiled in this thing. But it was just like uh, bits of information and it seemed to be far away. It was was just a rumor. Yes. And so you and I had that talk and I saw your show and it was great. And then I never saw a show again uh, until (laughs) this past summer I went to an outdoor show by Fiverr, who, who were visiting, playing an outdoor show in Edmonton. And I went, and it was surreal. As an audience member for me, I found it uh, almost creepy to be around people. Uh, and some, yeah. I was among the only... I Initially, I thought, oh, I guess I should wear a mask even though we're outside. And then I realized that that made me look like a big lame because nobody else decided to do that. So they were the, smoking. So the nose, the nose poked out for a few minutes, and yeah. the top lip... <laughs> I had it. I had it off. I had it off. But then people were smoking because it was an outside oh, yeah. show, and then I was getting their smoke. And I haven't. So the the surreal thing was hadn't been around people at all uh, to see music. Was there, and then it felt like 1997 when when you were watching a show, people could just smoke, and you would have smoke in your face, which I hadn't had in like like I say a long time. So then I put yeah. I put my mask on. To to fend off the secondhand smoke, because I thought if there's an air yeah. if there's a, well that's bad no matter what, but then if there's an airborne toxic virus, uh, and they're smoking, wouldn't the virus be in there? I don't know enough about science, but the, all of it seemed surreal and weird. So I imagine people watching you had the same shakiness that you had on your first night. That's all I'm getting at. The feeling was probably a bit mutual. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> did you talk to Did you talk to people after the show to be like that was that was a bit weird? Did you find it weird? Did anyone say like I'm sure most people were like this is no. great? No, yeah. Well, the thing was like we were trying to be super strict about seeing people at all, and like so after the shows, I wouldn't talk to fans, which is kind of you know that's my preferred. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't, I like you hiding shouldn't, after shows. Should, shouldn't say that on the record. I feel like uh, the last no. time I posted an episode with you, I heard a lot about people interacting. They were like, oh, I met Andy. He was so nice. He talked to me. He didn't shun me or snub me. He talked to me. I remember seeing that. Your fans, when I when you're on the show, I hear about it uh, more than most of my guests, Andy. Your fans uh, like you. Oh, really? Yeah. I like them, too. But... Yeah. <laughs> Like they don't, they they don't know that they don't want to meet me. Yes. Anyways. Yes. Yes. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, this the tour was weird because I felt so weird going back and like, and then after the shows, I just wouldn't see anyone. And I haven't been on Instagram in a while, so it's like, used to be I would watch like the the clips and stories and be like, yeah, it was okay. This it was like play the show, 
done nothing like hmm. no idea if anyone i mean you assume people clapped at the end so it's like they they must have liked it a little bit but is that was there, a weird one it was a weird one is there a reason you you're not on instagram so much and and following uh the after show clips and stuff like that is there a reason you're not doing that yeah, it's, I think the internet is a pretty, it can be a pretty toxic place. <laughs> yes, yes it can. So I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to use less of it in my day-to-day life. Is that easy for you to do as a public-facing, uh, you know, high-profile person? Is it easy for you to... High-profile <laughs> person. Well, you are. You, I mean, um, you're not, you're not low-profile. Like I say, I'm, I'm not, you know, Andy, I make these shows... And I put them out once a week. When I say I hear a lot from your followers, I'm saying that in relative terms. Like, I mean, it's not just that they're sharing and retweeting, you know, my other guests, fans, like that happens. But I, they, they contact me and they comment on YouTube and they comment on all the internet things to be like, oh, this must, Hmm. Andy said this, so that must mean this. I'm like, what? And I'm not disparaging anyone. That's fine. You've, you, they have a little, you know the collective experience with your songs that's great but um yeah. all i'm saying is uh yeah people care about you and want to talk about you and what you do that's all i'm getting at now i sound like a, a personification of the creepy internet to you don't i <laughs> i don't mean to uh, i've got to go <laughs> this is this has been nice <laughs> no please please don't go so soon no i i get it but i all i'm getting at is yeah you are a, you're a prominent Musician, So to absolve yourself of knowing what's happening uh, on the internet about yourself, I guess, maybe that can be complicated because particularly when you have new records out, aren't you curious about what people are saying or are you saying you're done? You're done caring. I mean, I'm always going to care, obviously. I think I am very concerned about what people think about me. (laughs) And that's that's the problem. I'm the same. (laughs) I'm the same. I try. Um, Yeah. Yeah, like, it's really easy to disconnect for me, like, to just delete Instagram and, yeah, I mean, my mind is, like, curious about what people are saying about the new record and stuff, but, you know, it's not positive to go down that rabbit hole for me, so I feel a lot better just not engaging, really. I I would uh, echo what you're saying and suggest that perhaps it's not when you say it's not positive for you, it doesn't even matter if the content that you're reading about you is positive, does it? Even even no, that gets you. No, it really no, doesn't. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It's just, I get it. Yeah. So I'm with you on it. I, I so you're saying it's going well. It seems to me. I read the biographical uh, info about uh, this new record of yours, uh, Wilds, and it seems to me that you are going through some period of self-reflection and adjustment. What I'm referring to specifically in the bio that I got was some aspect of you thinking more about your drinking and what drinking mm-hmm. does does to you. Um, am I am I misrepresenting that? Is that true? At the time, you were yeah, drinking was an issue. Drinking was an issue. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, It'd be... <laughs> that was just something you realized. You recognized in yourself that the drinking. Uh, was was indeed you know a bad habit. We all kind of know this, but yeah. y- what what prompted that? What prompted you to finally confront that? That's a big step for people in in our. First of all, I'm straight edge. I never drank, 
and I'm not bragging. Yeah. I don't even know. This is a, a situation where I can't quite relate to what it is that you're giving up. Social media, the internet, mm-hmm. I understand. I have the same compulsion. I wish I was on it less, but it's a compulsion to check and see how you're doing. <laughs> how do yeah. the, the likes and the, well, the people like it? And But the drinking, I can't relate to it because I never did it. What was it about drinking? And forgive me if this is obvious or too personal, but what was it about it uh, that made you... Th- it gave you some pause to think I gotta adjust my behavior. Well, for the past I don't know, the past few years I've just been feeling like garbage, like just general, like I was having heart palpitations, and it was like that's weird. I'm pretty young, so it's probably nothing. But I went through like I was like, oh, give up caffeine. It's got to be caffeine's doing it. Sure. And then it was like. I gave up caffeine and they were still happening. Mm. Shocking. I was like maybe I'll maybe I'll give up cigarettes. Maybe that's maybe that's the deal. And I gave up cigarettes and it was a it was a lot better, but still wasn't feeling 100%. And then I had this uh with the pandemic in 2020 at the start of it, it was like I didn't like make a point of this but it was just like I was working in my studio all the time and it was like I was drinking a lot of mezcal that's a fancy tequila I I vaguely know this from TVs and the movies yes that's that sounds right yeah it's, it's like anyways I ended up one morning with like the worst hangover of my life and it was like okay there aren't even people around like mm. I actually felt my heart was doing like crazy just beating super hard and skipping beats. I was like, this might be the end. Like, mm. I might actually go to sleep and just not wake up. Oh. And it was like, yeah, I mean, it was intense. And I was like, I'll take a little break. So I took like a week off. And it was like, oh, heart palpitations are a lot better. Like, starting to feel good. And then it was like two weeks. It was like, oh, wow, okay. It didn't click in my mind that drinking was having such an effect on my body and being out of it and like feeling good and waking up and just standing up and starting my day. I was like, wow, how did I, how did I forget that this is how you're supposed to feel? Like that's your baseline normal is like feeling all right. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm glad you made this uh, realization. Has it stuck? Are you still not drinking or have you just minimized it? No, I'm still off. It wasn't really my plan to like quit, but at this point it's like the positives are infinite in comparison and I just don't know how slippery of a slope it is for me. So taking it easy for a few few years at least probably. Well, I'm, I'm, for what it's worth, and I don't mean to sound uh, patronizing or or judgy of the way you were living, but congratulations. Is that the right word to use? Like, I mean, to make this realization yeah. about your personal health, like I don't, I didn't hear you necessarily suggest that you thought you might be an alcoholic, and I don't, I'm not smart enough to know what that consists of exactly, but you did yeah, seem to have... Yeah, I don't ha- really know either. Right. <laughs> But you were drinking, you know, our social circles in music, you're going to, people like to drink, people like to get mm-hmm. high, people like to do things, and there's a little bit of uh, social pressure, whether it's 
pronounced or not. I was talking about how I was the only guy wearing a mask at that show, and I, it made me take it off like this. And I'm not normally one to bow, but I just felt like, well, maybe it is okay that I don't wear this mask during this show. And then I kind of put it on and off because I was so weirded out. But the same thing could be said about drinking. Like I, I actually, yeah, as you know, I'm immersed in music in Canada. Everyone's always drinking. All the shows mm-hmm. are generally in bars if they're not in some alternative space. I'm the only one not drinking, pretty much, in the room, unless someone is going through maybe what you've gone through or made that choice as well. So what has it been like for you to be on the road with your crew and these people, your fans, and everyone's imbibing <laughs> and having fun yeah. with it and you're not doing it? What's that been like for you? Yeah, super weird. Like, And that's part of it is like, I was really excited to go back on the road and not be drinking. Like, I used to spend all my days on tour just, like, hung over and trying to recover for the show. And then immediately after the show, it's like... I mean, I was really good about not drinking before I played. Like, I was never drunk on stage, but I was pretty much always hung over on stage, which... Mm. I don't know. I don't know which is worse. But, yeah, to be on tour and seeing different places and waking up like feeling semi refreshed i think you kind of always sleep poorly on tour but yeah just having a morning and being able to go grab a coffee without literally being in pain yeah very exciting but then you play the show and it's you know it's all good whatever <laughs> or bad you know some often shows go poorly no that's your but, by uh, the way i'm just going to interject that's by your assessment you're hard on yourself for those yeah. who don't know andy he's very self-critical and hard on himself but every show i've ever seen has been wonderful even when things do go a little awry there's charm in it because you are funny and you embrace the issues for what they are and well, the show the songs are so great that uh I think the mistakes, if you will, are charming. And it makes you human, too, because otherwise people are like, who is this songwriting robot that can make these great songs? You seem like a human. That's all I ever want. (laughs) That's all I've ever wanted. (laughs) Perfection. This guy is perfect at what he does. No, I just want to say, yeah, so the the shows go however they go, but then after the show, that's when people start to mingle and socialize, and that's where you've encountered... Yeah, I mean... That's when it used to be like, you know, this is when the fun starts is after the show. But yeah, it was weird because like this being the first tour back combined with that feeling of like, where do I find the joy in this again? Like it was, yeah, it was a rough first week of being like, I don't know how to do this. But yeah, I mean, I got used to it. That's good. And I'm and I'm glad you're by the sounds of what you're saying. Uh, your friends and your band and your crew were cool supporting you. Uh, no one was like, come on. I think, come on, Andy, come on. What are you doing? Have a thing. Yeah. It wasn't anything like that. I think, I think they realized that the stakes are high. Well, let me, let me, let me put it to you. Potentially. Yeah. Let me put it to you this way, though. Everything I've read is you self acknowledging and self diagnosing your, uh, situation, your ailment, if you will. Was anyone in your circle of friends concerned about your drink? Did anyone say, hey, you're kind of pushing yourself here. Maybe uh, cut it out, Andy. Like, did anyone ever say that to you? Nobody ever said that. I feel like maybe they should have. Ah, okay. (laughs) It's going the other way. Yeah. 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 Now I'm 
I resent everyone around me for <laughs> not. Uh, <laughs> it uh, no, it never really got to that point. But I think that's you know that's part of the problem. Is like, I don't know. It's such a weird thing. Like music and drinking are so, for some reason, so intertwined. Like I ended up with such a bad drinking habit just like from touring like yeah no question it's like how many jobs is it acceptable where after every shift you know the beers are free and right flowing and i don't know like it was pretty normal seeing people on the road when they see you they're seeing you once and it's like yeah let's have a celebration like it's been a good night but the next day you see other people who are seeing you for the first time in a while and I don't know, it just becomes such a snowballing, mm. like just stacking up the hangovers. So it doesn't, you know, everybody's just kind of in the same boat and I don't know if people, you know, nobody's counting drinks and stuff and I wouldn't have expected people to maybe realize how much damage I was doing to myself, but... Yeah. Well, if you're a reliable drinker, meaning you're not late for sound check because of your drinking, uh, uh, again, I'm not trying to insinuate that you may or may not have been uh, dealing with alcoholism, but there's something called functional alcoholic, functional alcoholism, mm -hmm. where you're drinking because you have a, an addiction, but you're able to carry on your task. So, again, I didn't mean to make this a medical checkup. Uh, I'm not a doctor, yeah. but I just, uh, <laughs> I think it's fascinating. A lot of what you're, because the one thing about the pandemic, so you and I had that chat, the pandemic happened uh, in February, I mean, of 2020, pandemic happened, and then the whole world shifted, and I feel like some of the shifts were good. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. some of the things we, I'm hoping we will learn from, I'm already starting to see that the things I hope we would learn from aren't going to happen. People want everything totally. to be back to normal and uh, they want us, uh, you know, uh, in our cars and traffic and hungry. So we get the fast food. Then we get sick from the fast food. We get diabetes. So we have to go to the doctor. I see that chain. They're like, hey, there's a whole thing that we used to do where we made everyone miserable. And <laughs> and they're not we're, they're not doing it right now because of this pandemic has taught them they don't have to. Uh, and so all I'm getting at is you spent your pandemic learning about yourself. And that's amazing. And the fact that you entered a kind of post, well, we're not post-pandemic as you and I are speaking, but you were able to tour again. I'm happy to hear that you took something you learned about yourself and your health and were able to apply it to the old world way of living for you. That's amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. very few people have been able to, hey, I never have to do that. Like most people have thought, I never will have to do that again. But then as soon as things feel normal, they start doing the things again that they used to. Mm -hmm. So I'm, all I'm saying is I'm happy for you. And by the way, you look great. We're on an interface where I can see you. And I wonder, are you exercising? Is it the 180 where you stop drinking and then, because I run now and I feel better. Uh, yeah. I've been running more. And are you trying to do that stuff as well for your health? Yeah, it's definitely... Yeah, I've gone from drinking too much to uh, <laughs> exercising too much. You, you, <laughs> Not if actually, I might but. say, if I, if I might say, you look like you've been exercising, and all I see right now are your shoulders and your face, 
And I can kind of, I thought, those oh, are, if you those are my main areas that I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> those are your, your key regions. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> have you been running per se? I have, but I've, I'm dealing with like a, a knee thing right now. And it's uh, yeah, that's, really frustrating. Isn't it an, it's so annoying. It happens to uh, the best of us. You start to, to do some fitness and exercise and your body's like, ah, ha, ha, hang on, I'm going to give you a weird sore ankle. You're like, yeah. what? It's my work. It's my day to run. No, stay put. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you, lo- you, then you lose it because you, I don't know about you, but I have a, at least every other day I was running and then yeah. something, something happened and then you lose that rhythm and it takes for me as a non I wasn't a jock I'm pretty good at sports but I always hated the jocks so I was yeah. always like if they're running I'm doing the opposite I'm going to eat chips and and not do what they're doing but now I'm running so all is this is your is this your first foray into running No I started running uh, just before my my son was born uh, oh, yeah. in uh, 2011 and I lost 30 pounds and it was bonkers and I can see it in my I, I think you can see running in people's faces. Like just something mm-hmm. about when I say I can tell you, you, you may have been engaging in some uh, sports <laughs> or, or exercise. <laughs> I can kind of see it in my photos from when I didn't run at all to around 2011. I started running and I can feel and I've kept the weight off and, and I still run and it just shifted my body in a way that I think I, I, I think I look a little different. And so, uh, yeah. I know I feel different. So have you noticed these things? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. After quitting drinking, it was like I lost a ton of weight just like by accident. Apparently, beer has a lot of calories in it. But Oh, every, everything does. Everything has That's sugar another thing. Nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody knows that. <laughs> these are, um, this is a revelatory episode of my show. Absolutely. Yeah. The crazy <laughs> thing about, for me, like I started doing yoga like every day pretty much for at the start or you know early on in the pandemic and then I shifted to running the crazy thing to me in like starting to do these things like I did sports in high school or like elementary school let's be honest (laughs) Um, (laughs) but like I didn't realize how much better being active makes you feel like I spent like 15 years just being like I think that's a myth I know. Yeah. No, I'm the same. I, I, I thought, oh, that's for other people. And I never felt good running. Like after five minutes, I'm like, I have to, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? Yeah. But then you, if you can convince yourself psychologically to keep going, I find I'm sleeping better at night. I feel better. Like I'm actually sleeping. I'm not lying awake like you wondering what people are saying about me on Instagram. Yeah. I'm just so tired and I've I've exercised any stress and anxiety or a lot of it anyway out from the physical exertion. You're too tired for to care. Yeah. I, I think is a way of putting it. Your body's like, yeah, you could worry about that, but I'm just going to put you to sleep. You're tired. Mm-hmm. You just ran all day. So I think yeah, that and just the uh, I think uh, for me uh, it is the accomplishment. I got something done. I pushed myself to do something. That let's be honest, like just running for fun. We used yeah. to have to run away from dinosaurs. Now we're just running for fun, for no reason. There's no predators. We're just running, and so yeah. I, you know, it's nice. I, I'm glad you're doing it because I, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to push running on everyone, but I feel like your trajectory is common: drinking, hard partying, awakening, exercise. Yeah, uh, that's pretty. Have you, have you talked to others who've had similar journeys 
in music or arts who are like, yeah, I was a fucking mess and we get hammered and hung over and then I just switched one day and I'm feeling better. Do you have those kinds of conversations with people? Not really. I feel like there are a lot of people like that out there. Yeah, it's super common. Definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I still don't talk to anyone, so... <laughs> <laughs> did you do you ever travel with someone in your band who's like I gotta go I know we have to go to Portland but I have to do my run does anyone in your camp uh, do they have a, a regime at the I gotta hit the hotel yeah. gym before we go Colin the keys player he's always had a pretty healthy edge to him he'll hit the gym and stuff and I've always just been amazed like how and why are you doing this like I just didn't get it but now I yeah. get it so yeah. on this tour it was like I was running actually it's where my it's where I hurt my knee on tour running up and down hills that was uh anyways yeah, that could, but yeah getting yeah. exercise on tour it's like man that just makes it even better it changes like you it you can actually it? enjoy it yeah yeah I was at uh, your friend and mine, John Bartlett, uh, used to, he stopped doing it, but he used to invite me to take part in his Megafono Festival. Uh, I think I got brownlisted or something. I know some people get blacklisted, <laughs> but I get brownlisted. Anyway, he hasn't had me back in a while, but uh, that's fine. I'll take it up with him. But he put me in a hotel the last time that had a gym, and uh, I had just suffered a, a, a stress-induced panic attack prior to leaving for the trip because my mother was sick. And she's okay now. I always try to mention that she's she's she was going through cancer treatments, and it was it totally messed me up. But anyway, I had this crazy, odd, unusual uh, panic attack, uh, ocular migraine. They called it. I had lost. I couldn't. It was bad. But anyway, I went to. Meg, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I'm telling you that this got me running regularly again after a bit of a break. Uh, I, and he put me in a hotel with a gym, and I went to that gym every day. I think I ran on the treadmill in the hotel because A, I had nothing else to do because I was kind of on the road in Ottawa and I was like, I'll just run. And then I felt yeah. better too. So uh, all this to say, I don't know why I made this all about me, but that's my anecdote about how <laughs> the hotel gym uh, can actually be a, a, because it gives you routine, it, it adds yeah. normal normalcy to travel, don't you find? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What okay. do you, do you, uh, do you like running on a treadmill? No, I didn't like it uh, very much, except that uh, when I moved to Edmonton, uh, it's obviously very much colder here than it is in Ontario, and it's also icy, like extremely icy. So yeah. I started to run outside when we first arrived, but then I discovered my workplace had a very small gym with some treadmills. So I would get there early enough to do the treadmill in the morning. They had a, uh, no offense to my workplace, the disgusting shower and so I would, <laughs> you know, do all that, then get to work. And that just felt like I was keeping on top of myself uh, physically and mentally. And so, uh, but now I'll tell you what I do. It's still icy and cold, even though there's a pandemic. Uh, the house we have, I'm pointing to my door. People can't see this. It's a situation where there's, uh, I guess, technically four flights of stairs. There's stairs that go up to a landing uh, from the basement and then they go up another little flight and then you're on the main floor and then right around the corner it's a column there's the stairs uh, a flight that goes to a landing to get up to the top floor and then there's another mm -hmm. set of stairs so my routine now is I run the stairs I, I, I oh, wow. so I can be uh, near my email for work and whatever else uh, if something starts to, to chime I just take a look and see if everything's okay uh, that way I'm not like 
you know, away from the house with a twisted ankle. I slipped in the snow. I'm dying. I'm here, and I can uh, do all my warm-up and uh, run for whatever long I decide to do that day. It's like 25, 30 minutes I try to run these stairs. And uh, that's you just what, go up and down your stairs? Up and down the stairs with music playing on Bluetooth wow. speakers. I don't have anything in my headphones. I don't have anything in my ears, I mean. Uh, I feel like I'm... Is, is that weird? I've talked to other people who've said, that's kind of amazing. You should have very powerful legs from just doing yeah. stairs that long. But there's part... Do you of, notice that your your jumps get away from you these days? <laughs> I don't do a lot of <laughs> jumping except... I do jump with my son. I play basketball with my son primarily. And uh, yeah, I was... I actually... Yeah, I think I was actually getting up there. I get closer to... A little accidental dunk? I did a one dunk on him. It's hard for me to dunk. I'm old. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, yeah, I have to let him win. Uh, otherwise, he pouts uh, and doesn't want to play ever again. It takes me weeks to, you know, you beat me. <laughs> like, well, you're going to beat me someday. I gotta, I, I'm gotta. sorry. i got to beat the hell out of you right now. I can't let you win. Hey, sorry. I, Dad's got a dunk. <laughs> well, I'm trying to show that you can. I'm hoping he gets better by the competition, maybe. I don't know. But he does. I let him. <laughs> I do let him win. And sometimes he does. He gets. He gets me. He he shoots and he mm-hmm. gets it and I'm like oh my god he's up he's up five two how did that happen I gotta get back in there and then he's relentless he's ten you know so uh, yeah. it's it's complicated anyway all this to say you look great you sound great uh, and I'm glad that you're doing doing well uh, we're talking ostensibly about a record that is uh, related to the last one we talked about right is that right yeah yeah I mean it's it's like B sides or outtakes almost from that or I guess they are outtakes from that record is there something wrong with Wilds because I'll tell you why I say this <laughs> I press play on Wilds and uh, I'm trying to think of what song it is but there's a couple of songs where they've been playing and my speaker sounds all fucked up and the one time it was in the kitchen and I was like batting the speaker like why are you distorting and then I was yeah. then I, I thought something was rubbing up against the speaker is there some distortion in parts uh, of this recording? It sounds... Is, is some of it a little yeah, rough around a, the edges? It's a really bad, like <laughs> technically bad sounding recording. <laughs> that was... Yeah. I mean, it was intentional. The guy who mixed it, John Anders, Anderson, was like... He was really concerned that we weren't going to put demos, like the word demos, on the right in the notes because he was like... People are going to think that I just suck at mixing if they don't understand that these are like really, really bad quality demos. Okay, but. so you're saying it's not my speakers. Like when Wicked, it's Wicked and Wild is the key one where stuff yeah, sounds. Yeah, that's, that's some bad recording. Okay, so. That's on okay. me. <laughs> but so your point, your point, no, no, it's fine. They're lovely songs and they get in my head all the time as your songs tend to. In fact, and I know that people listening to the show might think I'm making this up by this point because I talk about how I play stuff in the house because we're all trapped in the house mostly. I mean, the kids go to school. My wife and I are here, but I often play music or the radio in the house so they hear whatever I'm listening to. And my yesterday, my son, I was listening to, to Wilds in my office and he went, Papa, Papa, what band is this? What is this? I'm like, it's Andy Schaff. He's like, oh, just, it's great. I really like it. Are you oh, talking wow. to him? Are you talking to Andy? I'm like, I am. Uh, tomorrow, actually. And he's like, oh, tell him I like it. Wow. So Andy, my uh, my son really likes your uh, new record. It was on repeat. It's short. Oh, I'm glad. 
Yeah. Wilds is very short, so they've heard it a lot. Every time it stops, I press play again, you know? So uh, uh, anyway, but my point is uh, you're acknowledging that some of it is bad uh, <laughs> on some level or another, but you've released it as a proper album. There's no demos, uh, even though it stems from uh, thoughts and ideas you had towards uh, the last record, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's related in a nar- it's related in a narrative sense as well. Yeah, well, it was like for that record, I was writing it like I was trying to find the story and writing the songs at the same time. So I didn't know what was going to happen. So every new song was like either a new direction that I could go in or a continuation of a direction that I started going in. So. Mm. Like these songs, I think I wrote when, yeah. I mean, I know, I know this. I'm just trying to, you know, buy myself some <laughs> mental time here. <laughs> sure, take all the time you need. <laughs> buy it all. I need a lot of time. My original idea for the skyline was to make an album about the skyline, which is what ended up happening. But at a certain point, I was like, these songs are terrible. The story's going nowhere, and. I wrote the first song on this album, the Judy song, like the lottery song. And it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, well, this is maybe a new direction that I can go in. I'll write about this person, Judy, and see what happens. So, like, these songs that are on this are me exploring the Judy idea. And after these songs were written... I circled back and was like, oh, I can just combine these two ideas. And I don't know, you know, it worked out fine. But there was this sort of like, I don't know. I really liked how these how these demos sounded because they sound like really distorted. and. Yeah, no, they're cool. I like them too. Do you have uh, what they call demoitis? Yeah. Do you think the demo yeah. demo is better than the final yeah. recording sometimes? Well, these yeah. songs like... The songs that ended up being the final contenders for Skyline included Jeremy's Wedding, the last song, and Judy, the first song. And I re-recorded them, like, each probably, like, five or six times, different arrangements, just trying to, like, get it right and get something that I thought was better than the demos. And I guess we did release those two versions, but... Yeah, as a single. Demoitis is real. <laughs> well, I think uh, you get um, emotionally involved in the spirit of the original idea mm-hmm. as as the creator, and you can't let go of it. And that's a very powerful thing because uh, I think the demo captures your instinctual impulses, and if you trust yourself as a creator, you know that those are right. <laughs> so yeah. anything you do you're kind of copying you're trying to copy the spirit of something mm-hmm. I think and that's we all know now that's possible that it's impossible it's like yeah. trying to I mean I think some of us rewatch. I did it during the pandemic I rewatched shows I loved from a long time ago and movies I loved from a long time ago and after a while I was like huh I'm really immersed in this time frame uh, of my life this formative time of my life what am I I know I take comfort in that, but what does that say about me now or something? Or, or what am I getting the same 
do I have the same sensation watching it as as a forty three year old that I did as a twenty three year old? Probably not, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm still I'm still connected to it. Anyway, the spirit of it, of of that sort of interaction with something in your case uh, and in lots of people's cases who create things, it's impossible to mimic. But you're chasing it all the time. Yeah. So you you might have feel the best about a song when you first came up with it in your bedroom. And then every time after that, <laughs> you're chasing that feeling, right? On some level? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That's so a, that's a, you're bound to fail. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, I think there are times, like, I've often re-recorded things. Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm trying to think of one example of actually pulling it off, but. Yeah. It's I hard. don't think I can. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's why, I mean, I I usually am tweaking, like I know that you can't, it's really hard to do the same arrangement twice and have it work the same way. So I'm usually like, I just tweak an arrangement and change something and, you know, find some new spirit in, in whatever it was. But yeah, yeah it just, uh, with those two songs, it just never, it never worked. So you're in a precarious position you put out the skyline record and then a pandemic happened basically you were touring and you did some shows but then i assume yeah you had shows canceled all over the place uh, behind a record and then you start to make your way back into the world as a touring entity and ideally you would have something not to promote per se but you'd have something new uh, that's usually mm-hmm. the way it works with the cycle. You put out a record, you tour behind it. You had, and all, lots of people had the experience of putting something out and having to be dormant. So was your motivation in putting out this record, which is rough and and is connected to Skyline, was it motivated by the touring? Was it motivated by a feeling that there was more of the Skyline story to tell? I'm just trying to figure out the motivation to put out something that, to your by your own admission, some of it sounds pretty rough. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and has distorted Visha speakers, uh, <laughs> potentially damaging them yeah. forever. Uh, what was your motivation behind letting go of this material in this way and putting it out as a proper record? It was definitely, yeah, part of it was, you know, I'm sitting on so many songs and my sound guy, Justin Nace, came over to the studio once and was like, why don't you just put out like some B-sides? So it was definitely partially a, this is something that can hold us over a little bit. Because I don't know if you've ever had a pandemic disrupt your touring cycle, but it throws you into a sort of a crisis. Absolutely. Feeling like releasing music and stuff, you're trying to like build momentum and you're just trying to, you know, it feels like reaching for maybe another rung on the ladder and all you really want is stability and yeah when your tour gets canceled it's kind of like oh my god like when we come back to real life again it's gonna be starting from the ground and so yeah it was definitely partially wanting to uh put a record out to you know remind people that i still exist yeah but there's also part of it i don't know i've had such a it's weird to do press for an album where people are just kind of asking you like why you put it out. That's not often. <laughs> well, I mean, how the press cycle goes. But <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I don't. Like, I, I I like that you put it out, but by your own admission, it's no. Uh, yeah, I, I 
I get I get why why people ask or why you're asking. And well, also at this point in the conversation, you've described yourself having this cataclysmic shift in the way you behave, yeah. way you behave, and you've talked already about we've we've alluded to the fact that you're something of a perfectionist, uh, or, you, or you used to be, uh, you used to drink a lot, you used to do various things that you don't do anymore on some level, or rather, is wilds a reflection of you letting go more of those perfectionist streaks uh, or, you know, those aspects yeah. of your life. Like, I think, to me, it's very healthy that you're talking about the health stuff that you've been going through and, and re- recognizing. But this, to me, is a manifestation of another personality shift of letting go. Nor- mm-hmm. Old Andy would have been like, no fucking way am I releasing yeah. the, these demos into the world. I played everything myself. I didn't record things properly. Would you admit that old Andy wouldn't have done that? It's hard to say. Like, and, you know, <laughs> in, pre- in preparing for, like, when albums are released, you do a bio interview. And you know this, but... Yeah, oh yeah, I've written some of those, yeah. Yeah, so the bio interview for this one, you know, I knew... People have been asking me before this record even came out, like... Why would you want to put this out? Maybe because old Andy wouldn't have put it out. And I've given it a lot of thought. <laughs> Maybe too much thought. Mm-hmm. But it's like, pandemic came up, cut off the Skyline touring. I quit drinking during the pandemic. All my reflection on the Skyline times and writing that album and working on it with my new sober mind it's like I was drinking quite a lot during that whole process so for me there's an association with that album of like a really messy time in my life and just you know I was a pretty I was a mess like often not being able to work because I was just too hungover or like I'd finally get to working and then the takes would be bad because I was drinking and uh there's a lot of negative association for me with that album. And leading up to the the interview for the bio for that record, it was like, I'm asking myself, why am I putting out these B-sides? And it was like, I'd sort of thought myself with this negative association with Skyline into thinking that the album, like, sucks and that the album is sort of this, like, I don't know, like... In my mind, I was like, this album is really associated with being a drunk mess, and I didn't really pull it off. And I still kind of think that, like, there was a lot of lazy decision-making and kind of lazy whatever execution of things. But, yeah, there's there's two there's two records. Like, there's the, the skyline that exists in my mind that's associated with all these things and this bad period of my life. And then there's the real Skyline album that exists for other people where it's like, it's just a record, and if they listen to it, it's about a guy who goes out and has a night and his ex shows up and whatever, you know? But for me, there's like this thing in my mind where I'm like, I don't think the album turned out how it should have turned out, and I have this sort of like extra chance to show these songs and sort of this this other side of myself from this time and it's kind of just this big jumbled mess of thoughts just going back and forth towards each other and 
the answer to why I put out this record is I thought it sounded pretty cool and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was very, very interesting. I will say that. No, that's fascinating. I appreciate that you've had to probably think a lot about this and doing press and and maybe preparing for that for that bio interview. Um, I think the last time we were on the bus together talking, I I feel like, and I didn't I didn't revisit that conversation before we t- chatted today because I'm also lazy. But I feel like I was trying to get into your narrative songwriting and how I th- I may have said to you that I thought, uh, I don't know why, I became your guidance counselor. I'm like, Andy, ever thought about writing a book? Ever thought about uh, making a movie? Uh, I feel like maybe, mm-hmm. does this ring a bell? Like, I don't, I feel like I said something along those lines to you. And, and as I was reading the lyrics for Wilds, uh, I felt that same sensation of, this is a, a, a narrative songwriter. Um, just the way you describe actions or the nodding of one's head. There's just something that there's just little details here that feel, you know, literary, if you will, and clever and all those things. But within that same conversation, I think we got to the fact that as much as you're writing narratives about other people, this is you. This is a, these characters in some way are some reflection of you and represent you and your personality in some ways. So all I'm getting at is you're talking about being, we're talking rather about being, you're being different now than you were uh, around Skyline time. These songs come from that period. There are songs about you, about the character rather, smoking a J, getting high, <laughs> doing things, <laughs> doing things where... I wonder, do you relate to this material as on a personal level, the way you might have at the time you wrote it? You know, does that make sense? Like, do you know where I'm coming from with that? Like, it feels like you might even have a more objective view since you're a bit altered. You're different than you were when you wrote these songs and and uh, cared about different things. Yeah. Um, so do you, do you have some alienation from the songwriter who came up with these songs, the lyricist? I mean, I feel probably a little bit more maybe a bit more alienated from like the skyline songs like i can still relate to them but i think when i play them these days i feel more like it's more like watching you know this is happening to someone else or like it's more like just the story in those songs a vivid crystal clear Image. (laughs) (laughs) They're great stories. Each song is a great story. You're saying as you perform the Skyline songs now, you feel a little separated from them than you did maybe the first time you were touring them? Like they felt more personal to you? I think I wanted them to feel personal a little more than they were. Like there are things in those songs that are kind of pulled from my own life, but they feel pretty fictional at this point. But like the Mm. wild songs, I feel like... Like Wicked and Wild or Jaywalker, those songs are like, I think they're a bit more like self-critical. I feel like both those songs I wrote like when I was just hungover and feeling like in a bad way, you know, they're pretty like heavy handed on the way that I read them. It's kind of like, I feel like I have a problem and I don't know how to change it. So these ones feel a little bit more personal. And they are a little bit more personal because I wasn't just looking for a... Like, they're a little bit more vague and a little bit more not specific. 
vague. <laughs> There's a really interesting poetic choice you've made, and I think it's very deliberate, where the, the final line of every verse is repeated. And just so people understand, in Judy, I'd buy a ticket for the Thursday night and try to win twice. So this, when I'm looking at it, uh, this is separated over three verses, and that line appears at the end each time. I wished it could be permanent from Spanish on the beach every single time at the end. Jay Walker, uh, Jay Walker with your head hung low. You never saw it coming. I think uh, I've made my case, counselor. Uh, those are several examples of my uh, analysis. Is this deliberate on your part? I feel like every song pretty much has that. I mean, it's deliberate, but I... Did I say deliberate? It's deliberate, yeah. but I would... Uh, <laughs> I could also argue that it's just lazy songwriting. No, I, I, I would argue that because the lines are poetic, uh, Television Blue ends with this line, feeling the rain in my hair, but then at the end twists it to, but remember the rain in your hair? Like, no, I think it's very pathet- uh, pathetic. pathetic. It's pathetic. <laughs> it's pathetic, Andy. Uh, no, it's it's very, very poetic and interesting because you're, uh, and I'm reading this off the page, by the way, and everyone has a chorus that they repeat, but it's telling to me, like Jeremy's wedding ends with you just reciting Judy's name. The last word of every line in every ver- at the end of every verse is this name that we've talked about already. People know that Judy is this muse of yours. <laughs> um, so I don't want to dwell too much in it, but there's some deliberation to this. It's not lazy. Andy, take it back. I think you've thought about this a lot, and you're a thoughtful songwriter, and I just wanted to say I'm moved by the way you subtly put hooks in my head, uh, pop hooks. Like, I, I, I think about these lines a lot because of the way you subtly repeat them. Does that make sense? Yeah. I still okay. think it's, it's me being lazy. but No, it gives them... Weight and poignancy. Go with me on this one. I'm trying to give you a compliment. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway, I, I think it's cool and insightful and weirdly a snapshot. I think I, I will argue based on this conversation that it's a snapshot of an older you. So I think that's a nice enough segue into what's next. You know, you, you've gone out into the world. You've uh, observed the world from your weird garage with the chandelier thing that you're in right now you see how Mm -hmm. we're all behaving when push comes to shove what have you been writing songs about this time period uh this isolation and just bizarre time in human history have you been writing songs i've been writing songs i haven't been writing songs about this i don't think hmm yeah i'm working on a couple albums couple well yeah we started working on like a fox warren record with with those guys just oh, yeah, right. over the internet we'd video chat and then we'd share files and we actually got together in the summer and did some tracking in person so yeah we're pretty far along on a new record and i've just been in here every day for the past you know while i haven't while i wasn't on tour every single day just drinking decaf working on uh yeah, I'm getting pretty close to the end of a, a new record as well. So nice. Yeah, and, and so I don't the, know if I'm allowed to say that. But. You can say whatever you want. It's a free country. My point was going to be: <laughs> uh, so you're you're close to the end of the record, but 
you're saying you didn't write about this time, but you wrote you wrote during this time of uh, pandemic times. You, uh, the, most of the song, like we were just talking about Wiles, which goes back to your sessions for Skyline. So the songs that you're working on, you're working on now, or twerking, the songs you're twerking <laughs> on now. I'm looking forward to the new direction, by the way, with all the twerking. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> the songs you're working on now. When did you start writing them? Do you know? The ones that I'm working on now, I think I started probably in the fall of last year. Okay. There was a when everything shut down, I was working on what I wanted to be a disco record. Yes. I don't know right. if I Oh yeah. You did. Okay. You I mentioned it to you. me. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah. I was telling everyone about that. <laughs> that's that's what you should do. Always tell everyone. <laughs> but uh so I started I was working on that and everything shut down and I was like, "Well, I'll just keep working on that." And I got up to a bunch of songs for that. And in that point in some somewhere in there I I stopped drinking and that kind of like halted my my writing and I had a time to look back on those and reflect on those and it was like oh wow this was a this was a huge step in the wrong direction <laughs> <laughs> so yeah scrapped all that and uh I don't know it was a weird time like quitting drinking it was like wow I didn't realize that I drinking and writing were so uh involved for me so that was shocking and being like I don't know if I'll ever write again but it it, you know it came about naturally and uh, slowly and yeah I can't really remember where I was going with that I was just asking you well the reason I asked about the when is because you said I don't think I really wrote about what's happening now and all I was trying to get at is, depending on when you wrote it, wrote the songs rather, it probably wasn't about them, but it was likely informed by this time. Is where I was trying to apply some logic. So maybe, unless you came up with a concept record, which you tend to do, uh, and I and I did. Okay, so it's a concept <laughs> record that maybe is out of time uh, from the current yeah. current time. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's why you can say. All I'm getting at is, is, as a creative person, your environment and your time will inform, even if you're like, I wrote a, a, a novel about uh, 1920s uh, depression, it's going to be informed by you wherever you are, whenever you wrote that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm trying to get at. But I guess uh, I don't want to be preemptive. I, I'm sure we'll learn more about this uh, after you've done your interview for the bio for that record. Uh, that's yeah. that's when we're all going to find out <laughs> where it came from. So I don't want to get preemptive, but suffice to say, I'm going to stand by my argument that even if it's not about the pandemic, uh, whatever you've chosen to cover, it might be informed by your experience at the time you wrote. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. We'll leave it at Everyone, that. Everyone. <laughs> the album is called Masked. No, so. it's not called Masked, is it? No, it's not called. <laughs> <laughs> is it called the mask? Are you just doing a recreation of all of Jim Carrey's dialogue uh, from uh, yeah. the film The Mask and Cameron Diaz? Okay, it's crazy how those voices and they translate to song. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, they do. They're smoking. I think is uh, what, yeah. what the kids say. 
Well, I uh, catchphrase <laughs> pop songs. <laughs> I uh, appreciate uh, uh, chatting with you as always. Uh, so, do you have plans per se? Like, you did play some shows. You just got back from a one-off. What's coming up next for you, Andy? Uh, a couple more one-offs, and then, yeah, hopefully we're supposed to be touring in February, so as long as everything keeps getting better, which I, I read today that Ontario's cases are going back up. Yeah, as soon as so. they loosen the restrictions and tell everyone it's fine, uh, it's basically Jaws. Have you ever seen the movie Jaws? Yeah. With the shark? With the shark? Yeah, there's a shark in it. And basically what happens is the one guy, the chief, Brody, Jaws is like my favorite movie. It's like Jaws and The Godfather. And uh, those are my favorite movies. Because uh, I'm older, but also I don't know why they are. They just are. They're older than me even. But anyway, the shark will uh, come in and eat people and they close the beaches. And they say, we can't have the beaches open. And then for no reason at all, they decide, for business reasons... We're going to open mm-hmm. the beach. We have to open the beach. And people say, well, wait, the shark, we never got the shark. It's still out there. They're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. We'll take our chances. We have to open the beach. So everyone goes back yeah. in the water. Then the shark comes back. And it isn't until they kill the shark uh, for real. I'm sorry, spoiler alert. It isn't until they kill the shark for real that everything can kind of feel normal again. So what I'm saying is the way everyone has done it here in North America in particular is the shark is still out there. It just comes in and goes out. And when it goes mm-hmm. out, they say, you know what? We're back. Let's get back in the water. And everyone's like, okay, I guess so. And they nervously go back in the water. Then the shark comes. And then they're like, why did, we go? Why did you tell us to go back in the water? It's not safe. The shark's not gone. We found out the shark's not gone. Have you been in the water? The shark's still there. So this is what I think is happening with the virus. It's not gone. Yeah. The world, if the world... Uh, health organization said the pandemic is over then it's over like then you start to do stuff I think completely I mean but I don't know what's going on the numbers come down sorry are they going up significantly in Ontario as we're speaking or what no just they're up a little I don't think so right okay up enough to be a news story you know right I mean the news they they they, the news has us right that's the new the virus is like the new Donald Trump because we're all like I don't know about you, but I used to follow the American news. And then when he lost, mm-hmm. I stopped paying attention. I don't know who's on. I don't know who hosts those cable news shows anymore. I stopped watching them. But now the virus yeah. is the new, like, he's up. He's doing this. He's did a good thing. He did a bad thing. The virus is, is like that for us. And I'm trying to stay informed, but also absolve myself from knowing everything because it's impossible to know what yeah. to do. Anyway, I went on a rant there. You're going to do tours, <laughs> tour oh, dates, hopefully uh, in fe- February. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Jobs with a B? The Steve Jobs movie? Yeah, with Ashton Kutcher. Uh, I didn't watch it, no. I, I didn't, no. Is it good? Yeah. Like, it's it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Do you think there's a lot of people who intend to go to the video store to rent Jaws? I hope so. And end up taking home Jobs? Honestly, though, watch it. You should watch it. I don't know, like... I, is, it, is it actually good? No. But, like... <laughs> but, yes, at the same time. Like, it's so bad that it's probably my favorite movie. I don't know. I feel like Ashton sold out after Dude, Where's My Car? 
I haven't really been on the, <laughs> on his tip since then. I'm just like, you sell out, yeah. making all your other movies and shows. I will watch Jobs if you promise you'll watch Jaws again, so you can see my analogy. I think yeah, it makes sense. I yeah, I liked it. Okay, so I just made that up just now, by the way, just so people are listening wow. I, or understand what I'm saying. I mean. Uh, okay, if people want to learn more about your tour dates and this album, Wilds, using uh, the internet, which you abhor, you avoid yeah. and loathe, but if you could point people to places on the internet to keep engaged with some aspect of you, where would you want to send them? Yeah, go to <laughs> http yeah. colon forward slash forward slash www period andyshoff.com, I think. I feel like something in there was wrong. Uh, nope. I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like there's an extra colon or a P. I don't know. Okay, andyshoff.com for short is where all your information is. And Wilds is out uh, as we're speaking right now. It's available everywhere. It has been for a while, actually. Uh, and if we can go out on a song from Wilds, can you choose one for us? And if so, which one and why? Yeah. I would, I would say... Uh Judy that's probably my my favorite one from that record it's got the first song yeah you know if you listen to it I can't remember I was reading comments on the internet maybe on YouTube but someone was like (laughs) someone was like the lead line is is the theme from Degrassi and it's true oh like I knew I noticed that when I wrote it and I was just like eh I'll leave it you know Wake up in the morning, feel it kind of da, da, da. It's the oh, same. Oh, like the the oh, I see the melody, not the lead lyric is not no, from no. a line of dialogue. Yeah, that, Judy that. and me every Judy and me every week buy a ticket for the Wednesday night lottery. Does not seem like it would be dialogue from Degrassi. Could be. It could be, maybe. The melody is very similar. Did you did you cop it or was that subconscious? It I noticed it afterward, but I see. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'll get sued, but I think it's. Uh, I I read that and I was like, yes, somebody. Well, I mean, you're somebody got it. Were you a fan of that show? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So it, it probably is. Uh, let's not talk Stolen. about the legalese. Let's just play it. <laughs> let's just play it so no one is alerted to anything different here. This is uh, Judy Wilds. Why is it Wilds in the bracket? Oh, because it's the version from the album Wilds. Is that right? Yeah. It would have been... <laughs> Spotify made it confusing. It's Spotify's oh, fault. So yeah. It gives the character of the songs, the two songs on here that have been previously uh, released in different versions, Judy and Jeremy's Wedding, both, uh, for those who don't know what we're saying right now, because it's uh, in English uh, and you don't speak English, or you just don't know what we're talking about, uh, right beside those two song titles, Judy and Jeremy's Wedding, uh, in parentheses, the word wilds which is the name of the album so it was more or less I've, i keep hearing this artists have had to adjust the titles of their songs or their albums because of these uh spotify apple music having some issue with something in them have you heard about have you heard tell of that i think if they have the same title they get interchangeable become yes. interchangeable i don't yeah or you I lose one i think it erases one yeah yeah okay so the but so for you uh, as the artist, like when I get a vinyl copy of Wilds, will it say bracket Wilds? That's a great question. Or is this just? I think uh, it. 
I think it does. Uh, okay. I don't know. I could I could check. I guess. No, I, don't I have. One. To, I'm sorry. I should have ordered the record so that this is embarrassing on two levels. <laughs> one, because I'm talking about something we don't have to talk about, and two, I clearly don't have your record yet, so I'm going to get it. I have it on my machine, but uh, anyway. Yeah, oh, wait a minute. We, we're getting someone has joined us at the last minute. We can't see. Is that shrink wrapped? Our friend John Bartlett has popped in and trying to show us. John, just hop on here. Oh, you're not mic'd, I don't think. Can you type something? Anyway, this is ridiculous. We have it doesn't in- say wilds. It doesn't oh. say wilds on the record. That's what we're hearing from John. Okay, isn't well, that fast? Isn't that fascinating, Andy? Your song has a totally different life on the internet than wonder, it does on vinyl. How it feels about that? Exactly. Sorry, was that annoying that I brought this up? I can't tell. Are you annoyed? Is this annoying? No. Am, am I annoyed? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what song we're going to play. I think it's Judy. This is from the oh, album yeah. Wilds. This is Judy by Andy Schaff. Andy, uh, always a, a, a thrill and a pleasure and a taste treat to talk with you. It <laughs> means a lot. I love you very much. Thank you for your time, and I wish you the best of luck in the future yeah. and that we talk soon. Yeah. Thank you for having me and uh, yeah it's been really nice Oh, mm-hmm. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Always really fun and interesting, I find, and fascinating to speak with Andy Shaw. Thank you again, Andy, for appearing on this, the 652nd episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for, and maybe you're looking for the previous couple of times that uh, Andy has been on this show, I don't know. But if you can't find those for some reason, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook or follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative, or you can follow me directly on Twitter and on Instagram at vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation. $6 or more a month grants you access to exclusive content and you're also supporting a show uh, that is otherwise uh, pumping out lots of free content. So if you've been enjoying all of the podcasts that you get on the you know regular channels there, you know wherever you subscribe or follow your podcast, that's awesome. But if you feel like giving a little bit back uh, for all that uh, effort and work and all those sorts of things, man, Patreon's a great way to do it. And you can you can donate whatever you want. It doesn't matter. It's flexible. You can start at a dollar. Uh, and then work your way up to $4 a month, or you could start at $20 and then work your way down to whatever you want. It doesn't matter. But $6 or more uh, grants you access to uh, some of my audio archives, interviews I've done over the last uh, 15, 20 years or something like that. Uh, and whatever I can find, I put up there from time to time, and that's one little thing. I Maybe it'll expand someday, but that's what I got for now. I'm very busy. There's a lot going on. Anyway, thank you. If you, if you can... Head over to uh, patreon.com slash creative control and make your flexible donation today. Also, if you're interested in receiving a creative control t-shirt, just message me on Patreon and I'll get you one while supplies last. This reminds me, I just got one of those orders, so I'm going to fulfill that maybe after I'm done doing this. Uh, Also, who do I want to thank here? Oh, thanks again to the fine Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about and place special orders at their website there, blackbird.ca. And also to Pizza Trocadero, the bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for their in-kind support for this show. Links to all of the things I've just mentioned uh, that have links are available in the pod description, so just go there if you want to click on things. Jim Guthrie is amazing. He lets me use some music of his on the show. You can learn more about Jim and his amazing catalog of song at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode with Andy. I hope you enjoyed it and will consider 
subscribing or following the show and maybe telling your friends about the show if you enjoyed it. Uh, maybe spread the word that way. Yeah, that's all I can ask, really. And uh, otherwise, I hope you're well and uh, that, uh, you know, you, you check in with me the next time I do one of these, which will probably be this week or next week, depending on when you're listening. I don't know. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, go check out Wilds by Andy Schaff. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.